Well, they were not supposed to be here. Ten weeks into the season, the Flyers are very much alive. Third in the Metro Division, and the rest of the league is figuring out that uh, maybe this rebuild thing in Philadelphia has been kind of fun to watch. With another roundtable, Tim Saunders with Todd Fedoric, Brian Boucher, and Jim Jackson. Guys, if you're like me, um, I find myself kind of tempering expectations, everybody I talk about with this club. Um, the brain knows that this is still a long-term project. It's going to take a while. Uh, the heart says something different, uh, just based on the success they've had so far this season. Uh, Flyers have points in seven in a row. They've won, what, three shootout games? That in itself would have been thought to have been unheard of. And the buzz is back for this team. Did you see this coming? I'll go first. Nope, not at all. No, I think just with how all of the um, talks in the summer was going, it, they, they didn't really set the stage for something like this. It was kind of a preparation for a rebuild. First time we ever used it. We don't know what it looks like. And where we're at today, I know I, I, I was not, I'm pleasantly surprised and I'm, I'm off. I'm optimistically cautious, right? <laughs> I do not want to get ahead of myself because I think the special things that have happened are, are or the, the one special thing that has happened that is plain to see. It's probably the, crux of it all is how close they are as a group as a team and that's i think the that's the one thing i think teams that may be good on paper that may have a stacked lineup or may have a good season the year before that's the thing i think the good teams that have a, a they they have to find that right and and i think that's where you know Torch said early on these guys believe and that that's a big thing so i think that's the big thing that um is is kind of the icing on the cake all right your question is am i surprised just see this coming slightly not that much bush and i, I think bush will agree with me man. we talked about this i i thought this team was capable of being a strong playoff contender from the beginning they've outperformed that a bit <laughs> because they've only been outplayed in what three games maybe that's really impressive um i thought they might need carter or the goaltending to steal a couple more games here and there but i thought and i still do think this team is a playoff contender i thought the reinsertion of couturier and atkinson if they were able to to come back and stay healthy and they have uh in addition to the young players getting better which many of them seem to be doing uh i thought all that together meant this team was at least a playoff contender now having said that i love the buzz really excited to see the fans getting excited but i'm also seeing Stanley Cup or bust, you know, things on, on, on social media. It's like, you know, calm down. If you look at this as well as they've played, and they've played about as well as I think any of us expected, uh, a two- or three-game losing streak, and they're in like fifth or sixth place. Yeah. This division is so competitive. The Eastern Conference is so competitive. And as Fridge said, very excited, very happy to watch this, all kinds of positive signs. But, you know, temper it a little bit because they're going to be, as Torch continues to say, some downturns. There's going to be some struggles. There's going to be some injuries. Uh, it, it's, it's a long season, but I, I'm, I'm mildly surprised. I'm not shocked. You said about injuries, right? Th th that's a thing that uh, you have to be healthy in order to give yourself a chance. They've been healthy. Uh, aside from, you know, at the start of the year, Ristolainen being out and now Noah Cates. Um, so when we talked about it, if they were healthy and those guys come back, they had a chance to compete uh, on a nightly basis. And I and I we I said to you before that I feel like a lot of people are going to under, underestimate this team, and I think that's been the case. Playing, uh, it's been easy to see. Now surprises for me in the Metro. 
uh, Carolina has underperformed. New Jersey has underperformed. And, and, and you know, we're at the point in the season where, okay, you have two teams that have slightly underperformed, and then you have the Flyers that have slightly overperformed, and that's why they are where, where they are. But um, they've gotten good performances from, from several guys. I mean, and, and still some guys that I, I wasn't sure of. Like, you know, Bobby Brink has come in, and he's been a nice, pleasant surprise, right? Cam York, I think, has really taken another step in his game. Travis Sanheim. Uh, so when guys like this do what they're doing, uh, in hindsight, you look back and you say, wow, maybe, maybe I'm not surprised, but I, I just think a lot of people around the league just, just glanced over the flyers and assumed that they would be a bottom, a bottom feeding team. Didn't study them hard enough. And I think we all knew what was capable on this roster if healthy and it's played out that way to this point so let's go back to training camp and even before last year Tort said first order of business we got to get this room right Mm -hmm. and it's clear now how important that was and how successful they were in doing it and i it was never so apparent to me as watching this group during the father's day trip or the father's uh, uh trip here the last few days um Hanging around with them in some different settings, I don't think I've seen a Flyers team that's been this close-knit in years. Now, that, that's a subject sometimes I feel funny about talking about because I'm not sure the average fan quite understands how that translates yeah. on the ice as a former player. Do we make too much of that? Is that as big an issue as we're suggesting? It's, it's, a huge, it's, a, it's a huge reason why they're having success because these guys really do enjoy one another. And I don't want to come on here and sit here and disparage the guys that have left. I, I don't think that's yeah. fair to those guys either. Um, last year was last year. It was a different group, a different time. There were different challenges last year. But I think the one thing that is clear to see is that John Tortorella had a vision for this, for this team. He, he said it last year, and I may be paraphrasing it. You guys were here last year more than I was. But he said, we got to get the room right, right? So he came in, he, he made an assessment, and they made the changes that he felt, I'm sure, and he had a lot of say in it, what he felt was necessary to get this team going in the right direction. And now we're starting to see uh, some guys pull on the rope a little harder when maybe they weren't pulling on it enough before. Uh, they've accepted the challenge to be more go-to guys, and – they, they love playing for one another, and they play hard. I mean, the one thing you could see it with the eye, I don't know if there's, like, you know, uh, stats or analytics to suggest it, but when you watch the game, you can see the level of compete in this group and sticking up for one another and team toughness and dealing with adversity in the course of a game. Case in point last night, first two periods, they were flat, mm-hmm. right? There was not much going on. And bad teams will find ways to lose those games. And I thought last night the Flyers hung in there long enough to get the spark that they needed in the third period and find a way to win the game. To me, that shows a group that is coming together and fun to watch. Jimmy, I said, how does it translate on the air or on the ice? The one thing that they've done successfully this year is block a ton of shots. If you play for John Tortorella, you got to do that. And you're doing it for the guy next to you. The commitment that that takes, the sacrifice that that takes. And it's not only a defensive thing because they've used that to create offense in transition, which is what's been so fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, shot blocking, you see the whole bench rise up, right? When yeah. a guy blocks a shot, I thought of a sequence in the Nashville game where there were guys sprawling out all over the place. We couldn't even tell who was blocking the shots. There were so many guys. And you would look over at the bench, and they're just all cheering him on. You guys know. You played out how much that uh, really 
pushes a team. And I, I want to th- talk about Cam Atkinson uh, after the Washington game. He said, and he's been around 14 years, so he's been with 14 different groups of people. This is the most special group he's been with. So what you're talking about, Timmy, is real. There's a, a tightness here. There's not the clicks you usually see with teams. Uh, not many people are unhappy. If they're unhappy, they're unhappy maybe with their playing time. It's with the coach. That's normal stuff that comes in. I think in some ways John Tortorella likes to have players you know, a little bit off guard there and, and on alert as to their ice time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a together group, and it definitely shows. And you talked about the transition. If there's a single surprise in terms of the style of play with this team, yep. it's not the shot blocking. We expected that. It's this team looks like one of the quickest teams in the league because they push defense to offense so quickly and so effectively. I mean, they're up there in the, the league in transition goals, breakaway goals, uh, rush goals, all those numbers – I don't think any of us anticipated the Flyers being you know, at the top of the league in that right And now. a lot of that has actually started with some of those block shots because yes, they're turning it to offense yeah. and they're off quickly. Uh, Fridge, you, uh, you see guys celebrate, as Jimmy said, a guy's block shot almost as much as you see a goal score. Yeah, it's the teams that have that, they use it as a rally cry in the locker room, right? Like when... So a guy might not be the the guy. I was I was so bad at blocking shots. <laughs> I was I was the worst at it. I never got in the right lane, and when I was, I I totally flamingoed. I bailed out all the time. So I wasn't the guy. But if I did get a shot block, everybody got up right, even if it was just once in a while. And that's kind of what happens with the dynamic of it. But it is a team thing. These guys take a sense of pride in that. It's it hurts, man. Boosh. Right, I mean, it hurts with gold. Yes, here. it hurts with gold here, but it is a commitment thing. It is an I'm in. It's an all in. It's a buy in thing. And then when they're starting to use it as a rally cry within the locker room and within their their bond, every time somebody blocks a shot and it goes the way that they want it to go, it just makes them closer it, as a group. And it's self accountability too, right? Like if you don't block that shot, you know when you get back to the bench, it's not that the coach is going to stare you down. Your teammates are going to be like, "Buddy, you got to block that shot." Yeah. So I think that's what they got going on right now is they're they're holding each other accountable with stuff like that. Yeah. So this team doesn't still match up talent wise as far as high end talent. That's a work in progress. That's coming, we think. Um, but I look at our top line with Couturier, Travis Konechny, and Tyson Forster. Those three are the Flyers' top three in goal differential one when they're on the ice. So that says they are doing some scoring. Obviously, Konechny's having a career year. Couturier's rounding back into what we know Couturier can be, and I think Tyson Forster's been a great surprise. Um, that That's an indication, because they're up against other teams' top lines. That's an indication of how good and effective they've been. You know, if anything, uh, this year is proving to me just how good a player Sean Couturier is because he's still rounding into shape. Right. And he's already I, – I, how many times during a broadcast, uh, you probably do the same, uh, that I find myself saying, broken up by Couturier. Couturier knocks it down. He's just so smart. Um, even as, as Torts has pointed out several times, even though he's still not quite there yet, he's mm-hmm. already one of the best defensive forwards in the league. And I just think he – He's the glue of that line. And then Konechny is taking another step. I mean, he was all-star caliber. He didn't make the all-star team, but we all know he was the all-star last year. Uh, Last year, he's even better. And Tyson Forster, it's not about the fact that he's going to score goals because he will. His all-around game just seems so advanced for a player of his age. Uh, You know, there have been so many games this year where he hasn't gotten a point. Mm -hmm. 
but he's still been really strong. And, and I believe the analytics show he's the best at puck battles on the team. Which is why he stayed in the line. Yeah, right? yeah. And Torch loves that. And, you know, you're going to be a, a fan of the coach if you do that. So they have all those elements on that line. And I think part of the underestimation of this team nationally they didn't look at the young players. They didn't look at Owen Tippett. They didn't look at Tyson Force. They didn't look at Bobby Brink. I don't, not many of us looked at Bobby Brink. He's, he's shot you know, out with a, with a great camp, and then he's continued it. But even the other guys who I think we had some expectations for, the national media really didn't. So I think that's part of how this team got underestimated, and those, those players are lifting as well as the veterans contributing. Yeah. Um, consistency in lines has been something we've been able to count on here for the last few weeks. Uh, in the Washington game, the guy that he seems most willing to move around a little bit effectively has been Ryan Paling. We talked about it in the broadcast that night. He put him with Atkinson and Joel Farabee, and immediately that line started to create scoring chances. Getting Atkinson and Farabee going is going to be hugely important for this club. Yeah, and if it's if it's Atkinson and, and Farabee that are guys that aren't necessarily going right now, uh, that's a good problem for the Flyers because we've got six ahead of them that are going. So um, Paling is a guy that he's probably going to become that utility guy, that second to Couturier for draws. But there's some skill there too. Like he's just as strong on the puck when he's winning the battles and the board battles. And that's I think that's one thing that, Torts is obviously likes in all of his players is to come away, come off the wall with the puck, make sure you win. And he wins the draws too. So I think that the he's seen a little bit of um skill and paling, and he's he probably trying to push that a little bit and develop that. So playing with those guys is a good way to do that. Those Everybody stuff. forgets he's only twenty four, right? Yeah. yeah. He can, yeah. he could be part of the rebuild if yeah. they resign him because he's he's still young. And by all accounts, he loves it here. So yeah. Uh, yeah, getting him to resign. He's I mean, been a, a big addition, I think, into the, the that little bit of a spirit into that locker room. Like Got yeah. it, Hathaway. That too was an important signing, wasn't it? It, it? Yeah, I mean, the one thing that they did when in signing Hathaway is they they kind of like solidified that fourth line and saying, look, we're we're making a line that's going to be hard to play against, right? You know what Delorier brings, um, and bringing in a guy like Hathaway, it allows you to play that game where you can kind of turn the tide uh, in a game, get a shift where you play in the offensive zone, you bang bodies. Um, and get the crowd into it and get your team into it. And there's been times when Hathaway's had to fight. There's been times when he's uh, had big hits. Uh, I think he's been a, a nice addition. He looks just like, to me, like your ultimate team guy. He's going to kill penalties. He's going to block shots. He's going to pay a price. He understands. You know, listen, he wants to score goals. I mean, like everybody else, they all want to chip in offensively, but he's not going to go and cheat the game in order to try and get points. He knows what his role is. And I think that's hugely important. When you have a fourth line that is that, now you've got guys competing for top nine minutes that uh, are going to ex be expected to score. Um, and just to, with Paling, you know, the one thing about him, too, you know, he's, he's a former first-round pick. There's talent there. you got to give towards credit, too, for recognizing in-game when something is just not going right and to be unafraid to make a switch. That switch that he made in that third period uh, was big. That was the best line going in, mm -hmm. in, in the third period. So give credit where credit's due. I mean, recognizing what you have at your disposal, knowing that uh, you got a guy that maybe has a little bit more jump and being unafraid to make that switch. Uh, I think uh, a lot of guys are interchangeable. Paling's one of them. Scotty Lawton is a guy that's very versatile. And because of that, you have guys willing to kind of set their egos aside and and, uh, and do a job for the team. And that, that's why they've had success. So what are we, a third of the way into the season, basically? Um, and, and people always ask me, and I assume you guys get the same thing, uh, is there an MVP of this group right now a third of the way in? I look at that more as 
who would you consider to be the most important player on this team at this point? Uh, to me, certainly in the conversation, and it could be several guys, but Travis Sanheim and what he's done uh, in the span of a year and the important role he plays now, all I have to say is thank you, Tory Krug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. He's a guy, but I think... Um, I don't. I think a lot of this isn't in the position that it's in without Hart, without Carter Hart, because there was, there. This guy settled the game down in a few big games mm-hmm. for the team with big timely saves, bailing out his teammate, and how he handled that and reacted to it with the smile on his face, just kind of said this kid's got some swagger, and I think I think Carter Hart has mm-hmm. been. Uh, at another level this year. I know he's a good goaltender, but I think he's really come into his own. I think he's one of the big surprises. What Travis Sanheim did in the summertime and how he's, like, this guy's also, yeah, notable mention because I I can see so many players going the other way with what happened. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, the trade didn't work out, but Mm -hmm. you didn't want me? A player has that in the back of their head. Now, Mm -hmm. you can go two ways with that. You can say, all right, I don't want to be here either, and I'm going to bide my time. Or you have that belief in yourself, like, I'm going to show you why you need me and why you want me. And and that's the harder path, and that's why you got to give him kudos. Man. He's showing people he's a yeah. number one. We didn't yeah. think he was. Yeah, yeah, he's, it, he's coming into his own. Also, you think about it, the confusion for him. He signs this long-term contract, and then less than a year later, he's getting traded. So <laughs> yeah. it's, I get, and, and he handled it really well. And I'm going to go with a different guy. I think it's Travis Konechny. I just think he's the engine of this team. Every game, he's giving you that Energizer Bunny routine. He's obviously got skill to go with it. Uh, and I, without him, I don't know if they have this energy we talk about that this team has all the time. And I think it's great that we have three different choices. Exactly. I can't wait to hear Bush's. Yeah. Because that means... Am I supposed to pick somebody? <laughs> no. It does. But, I mean, it shows you that there's, there's more theme. than one important yeah. player. Yeah. Uh, TK was my initial, initial thought. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Because of the energy that he plays with and the finish that he's had this year. I mean, yeah. to score at the rate that he's scored at, uh, it's right up there with the league's tops, right? Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I got to try and make a case for uh, Sean Couturier, I guess. Yeah. You know, just because coming back and being your number one center, I think he brings that defensive reliability to that top line. I think Forster is very conscientious defensively, too. Both those guys are very long, very good sticks. They break up a lot of plays. I think that frees up Konechny yeah, for sure. to be um, more, uh, I don't want to say the wrong word here, uh, it's not a cheat. It's an anticipation to his game. And I think he's been given a leash that's longer. Torch talked about it. They got to create offense different ways uh, and more consistently. And there's an example of it. TK takes off a lot of times when he feels like he trusts the guys that he's playing with, that he knows that when a play is going to get broken up and we got possession, off we go, transition offense. Um, I think Coots has been – I'm just so happy that he's healthy because that was a big question mark for me. I don't know if it's a strong enough case for MVP. He's an important player. If he goes down, it changes the dynamic oh, of our team yeah. down the middle. Yeah. Um, it slots everybody differently, puts people in positions maybe they're not comfortable playing in. So that's my that's my take. I don't know if I win if I win the uh, the case. You know, no, there's no there's prize anyway. Yeah. You don't there's get an anything. absolute case. Every <laughs> single one of them is You right. could win yeah. a prize if uh, you could come up with answers for the power play, however. Special teams <laughs> has been kind of a mixed bag. PK has been an absolute strength. It's incredible what they've done on the road on the PK, not only in terms of scoring shorthanded goals, but killing off opposition power plays. 
why haven't they been able to figure out the power play? Boots has some theories. Yeah, do not look at me for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think, you know what? I, here's what, what uh, the, it's hard to score in this league. It's hard to score in this league on the power play more so than it was in years past because guy players are smarter. They they stay in the right positions. They don't break those positions, um, and it's it's there's only so many ways to there's only so many looks unless you have a lot of skill that is just tic tac toe and plays to make the that those happen. It's it's hard to score on the power play. Yeah. You don't have a quarterback that can like honestly be a good quarterback on the top and running run when to shoot when to pass and then getting into the wheelhouse of the player receiving that there's a lot of things going on so i think there's there's parts on this team where, that, that just need to find that mix you see versus the line is coming on the power play a little bit more i'm i'm liking what i see he, he's sending it he's keeping it simple you know the passes are hard and online and then you got forrester starting to heat up in that that area inside the dot, right? Anytime he's outside that dot, he's not getting the shot. So I don't know what the solution is, but I know that it's starting to look better. I think it started to look better in the last couple of games. Ru That's about my take on it. Rumor has it you have theories. <laughs> well, I, the one thing about the PK is that you can work hard, right? And you read off one another, and that can be the, the rest, and you pay a price, and that can be the recipe for success on PK. They've gotten that. And from there, the confidence grows. So once you get confidence and your reads are good, you know you got buy-in from everybody, that works. Now, the power play is not about working hard for the most part. Yeah, you got to work hard to retrieve pucks. Uh, that's important that you're on the same page with that. But I think early on, I think there was too much movement on the power play with regards to personnel. So it was hard to get solidified in what they were doing. So that I think that initially may have been some of the issue. Uh, but in fairness to why they were making changes, results weren't happening. I mean, you could visually see that nothing was getting accomplished. So they got to find ways, they got to come up with solutions. Now we're at a point where I think it's just a little bit too, um, it's, it's too slow at times. It's deliberate when they should be, I think right away, in my thought, always break down a PK by initially getting a shot through right away. Set up the shot. Once you set up the shot, particularly from the middle, win a faceoff, move it once or twice and then get it to the guy in the middle and he pounds it right to the net. And from there, now you retrieve. And then once you retrieve, I think you can set up other plays. I think what, what's happening is, is it's too slow to, to get it to that shot. And then, and then everything kind of dies on the vine from there. So um, that's my thought. I, as a goalie, whenever I knew a team was not going to shoot, I think it allows the PK to kind of settle in and kind of understand what's going on. You pre-scout it, you know where things are coming from. But I think immediately on a PK, when there's a shot right away, and all of a sudden it's a scramble, hits a leg and goes off to the side, retrieval. Now you're like, whoa, now we gotta, now we gotta- Chaos. It's chaos, exactly. And from there you can make plays. And I think once you start getting confidence off of those retrievals, then you can start making plays. Those plays happen with more instinct as opposed to, oh, what, what's our setup again? Right. So I, I think that to me is it. Um, you know, a guy like Forster on the flank, I think he's got a great shot. I think there are times when he could get it off quicker. I think that's mm -hmm. something that's part of his development. He's got to continue to work on. If he wants to be a scorer from that spot, yeah, I agree. One motion. He's got to get inside, but he's yeah. got to find a way to get around people to shoot it without dusting it off. If he does it, he's got a shot that can that that, that can score a lot of goals. And he's going to score. He could score 30 with that shot, but he's got to find a way to get it off quicker to make that power play more deadly. We're not even to the holiday break yet, and already the rumor mill is started. That was inevitable. It was going to happen. The Flyers are not going to change their overall plan. 
that means they're going to listen to everything. Other teams, cup contenders, are going to come looking for that final piece. Uh, those calls are already happening. Um, I don't think anybody should get concerned or upset about that because you listen to everything, don't you? You do, and there were a lot of people listening last night, 25 scouts, a couple GMs in the crowd there in the press box. So obviously a lot of people are watching the Flyers, and uh, it, it's quite interesting. We had Danny Breer on before the Colorado game, and uh, you know he is firm with that the plan has not changed at all. Right. Um, that what what might be happening a little bit it's going to be harder to move a couple of guys or harder to sign if they want to sign them. i mean the, the one that obviously jumps out is sean walker he's come out of nowhere he's probably a, he and sanheim the biggest surprise i think i go walker the biggest surprise on the team with he was basically many people thought just a salary dump in that trade i knew better because jonesy had always talked highly of him that he had at least a chance he's even you know, exceeded that he's been tremendous but he's 29 free agent you know, come the trade deadline, there's going to be contenders that want a right-handed shooting defenseman who can play now second pair. He's proven that. I mean, he might get you a lot. And if you package him with something else, you might get a real lot. So, uh, you know, the, the focus from Danny Briere, Keith Jones, is, is on the future. So it's going to be interesting if the team is where they're at now, like in a second or third spot in the division as we get into March, uh, because do you trade a player that if you trade Sean Walker, if you trade Nick Sealer, if you trade him as a pair, as some people have suggested, uh, I mean, is this team even going to have a chance to make the playoffs after that? You're really going to thin out your blue line core. So you might have to actually make the either or. Right now, you can still play hard right now and try to win and still look to the future. But at the trade deadline, that might be where the crossroads are hit. you got to make the decision one way or the other. The other thing is, Fridge is paling said it's clear he he loves it here yeah uh, so he Walker. wants to Walker come back said the same thing. Walker has said the same yeah. thing so that's the atmosphere the environment that Keith Jones Danny Breer yeah. we're trying to create and even if you deal a guy at the deadline who's to say they don't end up back here anyway yeah that's why I mean I mean when it comes to trading and the plan and and sticking to it like it, it's critical the one thing that I think that complicated a lot of it was again how how close that group is that 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 adds a lot to the picture of like for the value of how, how like paling could be way up there now just in that team like there's a different value there's a different set of value to removing a player we probably know it all too well from removing adding by subtracting to the locker room so i think that the decision to trade guys not only comes with like yeah sticking to the plan i love that i love that they're going to stay patient and and do this, but it, it complicates it because all of the things that are are probably maybe a trade piece, like pieces of the puzzle, right? They have kind of a set value at, in the beginning of the plan. I'd imagine they would at least draw that out. So having all the guys like Walker and, and Paling and all these players, and I'm just throwing Paling in there because he's kind of an addition, do well it increases their asset value so it's like it's it makes it really complicated i'm glad i'm not in their position because it's easy to say we're going to stick to the rebuild until it gets how it is right now yep we can get a lot better by making the right trade at the right time with the right valued asset so it's it's a tough position for danny and jonesy and 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 tortorella's too involved in this all so well, remember Detroit last year, right? Yeah. They they were a team kind of in a similar position. They announced they were in a rebuild too, and they were kind of close. 
And Steve Eiserman, who's an astute hockey mind, he recognized after a beating that they took in a, in a home and home with Ottawa that they weren't close and decided we got it, we got it, we're not there yet. There's still a lot of hockey to play left from today until we get to the trade deadline. Definitely. And there's still a lot of hockey to play after the trade deadline to the first day of the playoffs. So with saying that, if they're in the same position come trade deadline and they sit in third in the Metro, you have to understand that there's no guarantees that you make the playoffs at that point either. There's still 22 games left to play and your team could, you couple injuries and all of a sudden you're out and you didn't, you didn't stockpile for the future. You have to, you, you have to be um, smart with your UFAs. You just have to, like Paling to me is in a different category because he's an RFA. You have, you, you, you have his rights. You like him. He likes it here. I think that's a no-brainer. He's part of the culture. He's done a nice job. Young too, right? Young, right? Yeah. Any you know former yeah. first rounder. There's talent there. He can move up and down the line. Better. Now with Sealer and Walker, they are UFAs. We understand that they like it here. That's great. But we also have to look with the eye to the future. And it's a situation that remains uh, fluid. You got to you got to you got to keep your eye on it. You got to listen to offers. You can't you can't shun people off. Uh, and in and, and in return um you see how it plays out come trade deadline day I, I for me personally i believe danny at his word when he says that they keep their eye on the prize long term yeah. this franchise yeah. does not want to be a team that gets in as an eighth seed right and then out the next year as right. 12. yeah they we went through that a, for a decade yeah, yeah. So. this yeah. team when it was at its height was competing for stanley cup year after right. year everybody put the philadelphia flyers as a contender that's what they're trying to do long term you, can i say this to me the one thing i will say is that makes this a little different is they already have a couple of studs on the way. You know, Cutter, hopefully this year, uh, Mishkov, you know, two years, who knows how long, mm -hmm. um, and two first-round picks next year. So they could actually not add any more assets and still say, we, we're still in really good shape. Yeah. We've got some really good young players coming in. we got two first-round picks next year. So they could say that if the team's where they're at right now. Yeah. I think it's a feel thing. Like, Eisenman had the feel that – uh, you know, that team was playing really well up until that home and right. home. And then they got, they got smoked. Spanked. Yeah. So in February, if this team goes into a four or five game dip, it's going to be a little easier for Danny and Jonesy to say, see, we still got to look long term. And the other thing is the UFAs can come back. If you really That's like it. them as players, you can resign them next year. And, and he said, keep your eye on the prize. To me, the prize isn't just let's make the playoffs this year. They, yeah, they yeah. have bigger right, picture sure. uh, in mind, and, and they should, I think. Uh, going to be a busy week before Christmas. Flyers have, what, three and four uh, nights. And then after Christmas, we go out west for a long four-game road trip. sojourn. Yeah. <laughs> minus 40. <laughs> we certainly look forward to that. I think by the time we get back in early January, we're going to have a real good idea of just uh, where this hockey club Yes. Everybody have a great holiday. Yes. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Flyers Broadcast Roundtable.